All right, welcome to the Cloud Native Show presented by Rackner. Uh, my name is Alex Roll, and I'm here with Derek Perkins, who is the founder and CEO at Nozzle. How are you, Derek? Doing great. Awesome. So yeah, thanks for hopping on uh, the show with us. Um, to start things off, uh, what does Nozzle do? What are you in the business of doing? So we help companies track uh, where they and their competitors rank on search engines. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Google's uh, the most important one. Right. Um, so just all kinds of intelligence around what's ranking, why it's ranking, uh, a lot of data pipelining, a uh, lot of uh, integration with other APIs to add context to uh, that metadata. Right. And out of curiosity, what's what's your background? How did you get into the industry? I, I saw you worked for a few companies. You were at SEO.com um, for a while. How, how how did you get into the industry? So yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, got into SEO specifically. Um, I was doing a website with my brother, SoccerReviews.com. And uh, I was running the tech side. He was writing the content. And obviously, we wanted to you know rank higher and better. And so that's what got us into the industry. We went to the World Cup in South Africa on a media pass. It was super exciting. Uh, got married. My wife-to-be wasn't sure about this soccer blog uh, powering our future, so went to work at SEO.com. Uh, got pitched lots of tools by uh, different providers that had raised you know, a ton of VC money, um, but none of them really provided the flexibility and the features that we wanted at a price made sense. So that was where uh, Nozzle started. Awesome. So um, Nozzle is a few years old, right? So were, were you built from the cloud, on the cloud from the beginning, or did you have a, uh, are you, you know, currently fully cloud or hybrid, or how, how, how do you operate in terms of infrastructure? Yeah, we've been fully cloud from the beginning. Okay. Uh, started on App Engine, their mm -hmm. original standard product. Uh, product. Uh, we've been uh, using Go on the back end, uh, which is, I guess, the language de jour of cloud native projects. Yeah. Um, so we've been using that since one one dot one, and you know, since then we've you know gr grown beyond. We use the uh, one of the first alpha or beta customers, it was called Managed VMs. It's now App Engine Flexible uh, mm -hmm. that just, is just uh, kind of managed containers and have since migrated over to Kubernetes. Okay. And sort of what key use cases, I assume there's a lot of ingest as far as your platform. How, how are you using either Kubernetes or... Um, I know you mentioned a few other technologies in your pitch, like Vitesse. Um, what are some of the key use cases that you're using these cloud-native technologies for? So yeah, Kubernetes, the main uh, pitch there was just quicker iteration cycles. Uh, App Engine Flexible is you know 10 to 15 minute deployments. Uh, you know it's great, does a lot of things out of the box, but didn't give us the flexibility we needed in terms of the way that we wanted to deploy and mm -hmm. manage inter-service communication. And it also was relatively expensive because we had to uh, ship a VM per service. So we kind of ended up with this uh, weird spot where we had these kind of service-oriented architectures 
but because we didn't want to ship a VM per, uh, you know, it was kind of monolithic services. Mm-hmm. Uh, so switching over to Kubernetes lets us, you know, bin pack those containers in a much more flexible way and actually architect and ship services the, to be the right size rather than worrying about uh, the cost of the VM. On the data side, uh, we've been using we've been using MySQL from the beginning, and quickly it got out of hand. Uh, we've got you know single tables that are tens of terabytes in size mm-hmm. um, that becomes near impossible to uh, back up. It's been years since we've been able to do any uh, you know live table alters on on any of those, uh, and so the tests we've been. Uh, using uh, for almost three years now. Um, started working on it, you know, pretty soon after it was announced and open sourced. Um, contributed a lot to it. Uh, I did the bulk of the work on writing the Helm charts for Vitesse. And um, not sure if everyone, you know, here on your show knows what Vitesse is, but essentially just sharded MySQL. Um, and it lets us do that so that the application sees uh, Vitesse as just a single database and the sharding's hidden behind that. Um, and so that has really let us, we keep shards to a couple hundred gigabytes, um, which makes backups and restores real easy. And uh, there's a much, there's a very undermarketed uh, feature inside of Vitesse uh, that is message queues. And I think that is actually one of the killer features that we use. Like you said, we do a, an enormous amount of data ingest. And with traditional message queues, you kind of get into this world where you're having to do some kind of two-phase commit or you know, make sure you're not acknowledging a message before the data writes or vice versa. Uh, but using the test message queues, we're able to, in a single transaction, uh, both acknowledge the message that one of our workers uh, did the work on, uh, and then in that same transaction, commit the data, and then if Mm -hmm. we're moving it further down the data pipeline, we add the task to the next queue, um, and that's all in a single transaction, and it's just fantastic. Uses all the same infrastructure. Uh, It's just amazing. So what is, I, you, you said, you mentioned that you'd been using Vitesse for almost three years. So how has the experience of running stateful workloads on Kubernetes changed in that time? Because I feel like three years ago, that's pretty early in the stateful on Kubernetes life cycle. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, we weren't, we haven't been on Kubernetes for three years. We haven't been in production Vitesse okay. for three years. Uh, we started, uh, you know, investigating it mm-hmm. uh three years ago, started contributing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot better. Right. Um, and that's, I think, where the test has a huge advantage. Um, it was born at YouTube and was you know running on Borg internally, and it was built to be cloud-native and container-native from the beginning. Um, so, you know, there's other projects that are, you know, coming along that are trying to make, you know, running MySQL or Postgres on uh, Kubernetes easier. Um, 
but they don't have this, you know, five to seven year history that YouTube had running Vitesse inside of containers. And to me, that makes all the difference. Uh, the architecture is just, it's built to be purely cloud native and it's a, a, a fantastic community. The docs definitely, uh, they're being worked on, could use a little love. Uh, the initial, you know, onboarding experience to the tests could be a little bit smoother. Uh, the helm <laughs> charts have made it a little less uh, um, difficult of an experience, but definitely something that can get worked on. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, fear and doubt about running stateful workloads on top of Kubernetes, but honestly, it's been a pretty great experience for us. Um, there's, you know, easy failover. Uh, when we want to roll an update, it just works. Um, it runs inside the same cluster, the same network. Uh, so it's, you know, easy for all of our other services to address it. Uh, and again, because, uh, the test is doing that sharding. It has a multi-tiered architecture and the uh, actual called VT gate. It's the uh, first tier you hit is actually a stateless uh, service. And so that just scales up and down as a Kubernetes deployment. And again, that becomes so simple to do inside of Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to, you, there are, there has been some work. Um, you can run, Vitesse and still use like a hosted cloud database. Um, you, so like an RDS or? Right, RDS or Cloud SQL or whatever it is. Uh, you pay a little bit of latency overhead since it's not mm -hmm. co-located uh, with the rest of the components. Um, that's definitely something that you know can be done. So speaking of Kubernetes, you, I think you mentioned that you're currently on GKE, uh, but you used to be on AKS? Correct. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, gotten grandfathered into a ton of credits um, on Azure um, due to our, we did Techstars in 2016. Mm -hmm. So we had a few hundred thousand dollars of credits. That was a pretty good carrot for us to, you know, try out AKS. Um, at the end of the day, it is, a, it was still very raw. We, we migrated six to eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Um it was still very raw at that point. It had a hundred node limit. Uh, we had multi-day downtimes uh, fairly regularly due to misconfigurations on the Azure backend. Um, there was one time that they just artificially CPU throttled the masters. And mm -hmm. so our cluster was unusable for a few days until it got into the actual product team and they figured it out. So on the Kubernetes side, I can't uh, say any, you know, GKE has been infinitely better to work work with. Right. So how, how, how large are the clusters you're running now for ingest and for everything? Um, so a few hundred nodes, okay. um, not enormous, um, but, you know, pretty good sized. Um, another thing that is great uh, running on GKE Again, uh, you know, AKS didn't have the concept of node pools, taints and tolerations wouldn't persist on system mm -hmm. upgrades. 
Um, so that was hard. Um, but we run a lot of different node pools inside of GKE. And given that we do so much data pipelining, uh, we're able to run much more efficiently uh, because we can have preemptible node pools in GKE and it's just a real easy you know, CLI command or even the UI just, this is a preemptible cluster and now, boom, it's 70% cheaper. Um, we, we've rarely had uh, availability problems. Um, we actually even run MySQL replicas on preemptible machines. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit of what you think about the current landscape as far as, uh, I guess, the ecosystem around Kubernetes. So I know you're using Vitesse, uh, you're heavily involved in that. Is there anything else that you're uh, interested in pursuing on the cloud native side, um, whether it's you know different networking or anything that's built on top of Kubernetes? Um, so there's a, a number of other projects, you know, we've, uh, used Prometheus under the hood for some monitoring uh, of MySQL. Mm-hmm. Percona has a monitoring and management solution that is uh, using Prometheus under the hood that's been fantastic that we use for all of our MySQL monitoring. Um, we tried using uh, Stackdriver for hosted metrics, uh, mm-hmm. but it's uh, pretty expensive compared to the experience of running, you know, Prometheus. So that's something that we'll be, uh, you know, diving more deeply into. Uh, we're already heavy users of gRPC. Um, so as far as, you know, cloud native specific projects, those are kind of the, you know, the mm-hmm. core ones to the way we, we work. Right. So I think you mentioned that you're looking to implement uh, like open policy agent and Jager uh, in the future. What were your, what's your reasons for that? Um, yeah, again, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot our own roadmap for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, for Jaeger, again, we're using uh, stack driver tracing, but that as a product, uh, that mm-hmm. hasn't changed in the last like four years. It's pretty revolutionary when we first started using App Engine and magically got these traces for you know Google specific projects. Um, and it was amazing, but then it hasn't changed yet. So it'd be nice to use Jaeger for that. Um, As far as open policy agent, um, we currently uh, don't have a lot of uh, you know role-based access controls around our API. Um, we, you know, prior to open policy agent kind of gaining traction and entering the CNCF world, you know, there were a number of other projects that were kind of tackling uh, the way to express those kinds of policies. Um, but again, I know the CNCF tries to not play kingmaker um, when they, you know, anoint projects and add them to the sandbox or incubating. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, they they do. Um, you know, that's an inevitable outcome of you know kind of the the role they play in the cloud native ecosystem. And 
So, you know, my hope is that as we implement open policy agent to do, you know, our own internal IM, uh, tying that to, you know, for internal things, tying that to our various Google identities. Um, but also I, I'd hope that, uh, I've seen some projects that are compiling open policy agent, uh, into Wasm, and that way our front ends can, you know, interpret the same policies and it's not two completely separate uh, ways of interpreting a single object. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I think that'll be, uh, you know, really helpful. I want to get back real quick to the, um, coming from AKS to GKE, because there was another thing I wanted to touch on. So. I think you mentioned that you were able to do it like fairly quickly. So what, what was that process like um, and why was it painless? So again, Vitesse, you know, was being cloud native from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It uh, has built in backup and restore functionality and you can point that to at uh, those backups to live in S3 or Google Cloud Storage or really any object store. And so mm -hmm. we were already uh, running period or periodic backups every six hours, uh, throwing them onto GCS and then the tests, uh, when you spin it up, even just with the helm cluster, it does a check. Uh, even if you're spinning up a brand new cluster, uh, it'll look if it's configured properly for backups and restore off of those and bootstrap itself. And so what, we did, we were able to uh, migrate in under an hour. Um, mm -hmm. All we had to do was, you know, turn, you know, we built our Kubernetes cluster where on GKE, we deployed all the, uh, you know, deployed everything we had there. Uh, we spun up cert manager and external DNS to other projects that we use inside of Kubernetes. And so those had already uh, provisioned uh, certs, they created our Cloudflare DNS entries. And so those pods were just kind of stuck in the back off loop, uh, waiting for a database to be available. And so once we had provisioned that cluster, all we had to do was, you know, turn off the AKS cluster again for all of our data pipelines. You know, we're okay with a little bit of downtime. It makes, mm -hmm. obviously it's a lot easier than, you know, trying to roll something uh, otherwise, um, the test, the problem with Kubernetes, uh, I read a good post recently, I think it was by Cockroach talking about how multi-cluster networking is still an unsolved problem with Kubernetes. Uh, the test is built to be multi-region or multi-cluster aware. And so if that networking had been a little bit easier, uh, we probably would have had a zero down, downtime, uh, switch where we would have just uh, failed over to masters uh, that were replicating inside of GKE. But again, uh, not having a hard uptime requirement just made it easier to, uh, you know, take a final backup on AKS, mm -hmm. uh, those pushed to GCS. And then we, again, it was just a Helm install with our same, uh, you know, configuration and it booted up inside of uh, bootstrapped itself. Uh, we, you know, picked the nodes to be masters and all the, uh, 
you know, pods that were waiting for the database to be ready, just picked up and it was up and running. It was one of those, uh, you know, we did Friday nights be minimal downtime for customers. And you kind of expect that to take all night or your whole weekend and be, you know, a terrible experience. And it kind of just came up and worked and it was, you know, shocking, like, this can't be it. Surely something went wrong somewhere, but it really was as, as easy as, uh, just restoring from those backups. That's awesome. So I always like to end with this question, but what is one thing you're looking forward to, or, you know, generally interested in, uh, in the broader technology realm? So it doesn't necessarily need to be under the umbrella of cloud native. It can be in your industry. It can be outside of your industry. But why don't you just give me one thing that is sort of interesting to you on a personal level uh, in technology? So we do a lot of cloud native. Um, so that's where I'm, you know, reading and thinking mm-hmm. and spending my time, um, you know, between that and databases. You know, I'm very interested. I've been, I'm excited to see NoSQL die. If you know, I'm being totally honest, that it, it seemed like a you know it was being pitched forever as this you know magical solution to scaling, and I love that web scale MongoDB is web scale cartoon because for me that just really preaches it. Um, you know, relational data is awesome, and so I'm excited for you know Vitas is obviously kind of what we've chosen. Um, but there, you know, you've got cockroach coming out. You've got uh, TyDB and Yugabyte, and you know, there's a number of these, you know, new SQL projects that are, you know, coming to say, okay, let's keep all of this, you know, fantastic relational, uh, you know, database and that we've got, um, and not throw it out because we want to be web scale. So right. I'm excited to see where where that goes. And for this, you know, again, this FUD to disappear in terms of running stateful workloads on top of Kubernetes. So that's one. Another one that I'm not bullish on is service meshes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it, but it just seems like a lot of extra overhead. Um, I get it for, you know, large companies that are already polyglot and kind of don't have, you know, didn't have the opportunity to be cloud native from the beginning. You know, I feel like we've really benefited from, you know, being able to standardize on gRPC and a a number of things that make uh, service meshes a little less important. So I'm looking forward to, you know, gRPC. They've got some cool things coming down uh, down the pipe in terms of smart load balancing and client, smart clients. Uh, that'll, you know, should be able to allow you to do a lot of the canary testing and security things that you get from uh, a service mesh. And so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is, is seeing where that ends up. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I think that was uh, a great show. And yeah, thanks for hopping on. No problem. It was uh, great. I appreciate the opportunity.